you would, go ahead and open up your Bibles to Isaiah, Isaiah 39, uh, verses 3 and 4. Isaiah 39, verses 3 and 4. You know, in 2 Kings 18, and verse 1, there's a man by the name of Hezekiah. He's the 13th king of Judah. And of his reign, we know that he was a very good man, that he did wonderful things. But he displayed a moment of weakness when it came to the king of Babylon sending messengers. These messengers came to Hezekiah to congratulate him on recovering from a serious illness, uh, which would have caused his death. And Hezekiah then decides to show off his kingdom. In 2 Kings 20 and verse 13, it says this, And Hezekiah hearkened unto them and showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious oil, and the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures, There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. The Lord was carefully observing of this situation. He saw all the things that transpired, and he sends Isaiah to Hezekiah, and he asks him a few questions. Now Isaiah 39, verses 3 and 4. Then came Isaiah the prophet unto King Hezekiah and said unto him, What said these men? And from whence came they unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from far country unto me, even from Babylon. Then said he, What have they seen in thy house? And Hezekiah answered, All that is in my house have they seen. There is nothing among my treasures that I have not showed them. Now, God, through the prophet Isaiah, asks a very important question. What have they seen in thine house? What do they see? Well, this is a question that we need to ask ourselves today. We need to ask ourselves today, what have they seen in thine house? Brethren, What has God seen in thine house? God knows our thoughts. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 20 it says, And again, the Lord knoweth the reasonings of the wise that they are vain. You know, it it takes time for a man's life uh, to reveal how he thinks. You know, that can take time. But you know what? God already knows. He knows what it is that we think. We know from Genesis 6, verses 5 and 6, that the wicked imaginations of the hearts of those people were only evil continually, and that is why they ceased to live on the earth. They died in the flood. Sin can be committed not only physically, but it can be committed in the mind. In Matthew 5, verse 28, it mentions, you know, adultery of the heart. You can have adultery of the heart. You know, if a man looks after a woman to lust, he hath already committed adultery with her in his heart. Or another sin that one commits in the mind, 1 John 3, and verse 15, that of hating a brother. 
Hating a brother is one of those sins that we commit in our minds. But, you know, it's a very sobering thought, though, because we may be able to think things to ourselves, and we may be able to have private thoughts from the rest of the people around us. But with God, all things are made open. It is a very sobering thought to know that the Lord knoweth the thoughts of man. Psalm 94 and verse 11. The Lord knows what we think. Psalm 56 verse 5 says, All the day long they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. He knows what we think. He knows how we think. The Lord knows what we think of others. James 2 verses 1 through 4. You know, if we have any prejudices... He knows what we think. You know, God is not a respecter of persons, but you know what? Men are, right? Oh, yes, men are a respecter of persons. Yeah, you know, I remember uh, working with a congregation, and there was a man in the congregation who was very affluent, had lots of things, uh, had uh, lots of, of wealth. And you know what? He was a great giver. He was a great Christian man. And that congregation used him. They just used him and abused him. They didn't, they didn't care about him. They just cared about what he had. They didn't care about the man. They cared about the money. God is not that way. He is not a respecter of persons. The Lord knows what we think, and the Lord knows when we think too highly of ourselves. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 it says, For I say, through the grace that was given me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think as to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to each man a measure of faith. So, of course, God knows what we think. Is that a scary thought? Well, it certainly can be. If we aren't thinking the right things, it definitely can be. The Lord knows what we think of our families, whether we have a Christian attitude toward your wife, your husband, children, parents, whatever. You know what? God is not only perfectly aware of our thoughts, but He's perfectly aware of our words. In Matthew 12 and verse 36 says, and I, and I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof. Thereof in the day of judgment. In Ecclesiastes 12 verses 13 and 14 you know, this is the end of the matter, the conclusion of the whole matter. What do we need to do? We need to fear God and keep His commandments. This is the whole of man. Verse 14, though, strikes me. For God will bring every work, every work into judgment. With every hidden thing, whether it be good or whether it be Evil. What has the Lord seen in thine house? How do you speak to your spouse? How do you speak to your children? How do you reprimand your children? 
what is it that we do in secret that our families know but our brethren don't? There's a true story. Matter of fact, it's a true story. A denominational preacher had um, come across a dog one time. He found this found this dog. His kids loved the dog, um, and and it was it was just a really nice dog. And they they loved it. They played with it. It was a stray, you know, and it you know it was very it was a very distinct dog. And the fact that uh, on its hind end there was uh, there were three gray hairs, distinctly three gray hairs. And and so, of course, they, they play with this dog, and next thing you know, there's a sign that comes up, and, well, it's a lost dog sign. And on the sign, it even says, hey, look, um, you know, this, uh, this dog has three white hairs on its hind end. And someone said, hey, you know, I think there's a dog similar to that. And the local preacher has him. And he is taking care of that dog with his family. So this man goes to the house where this dog is and comes in. And yes, the preacher answers the door. And he says, I'm, I'm looking for this dog. And someone told me I could find find a dog similar to that here. And I just wanted to see if it was my dog. And so, of course, the, this man knows exactly what he's coming for. And he and his boys had become attached to this dog. And so he and his young boys went back into the bedroom with this dog and proceeded to pluck those hairs. And he goes to tell this man and says, Hey, uh, here's the dog. And they said, Well, this is my dog. And he said, Well, I thought that you said that there were some distinct hairs here, and I don't see any such thing on this dog. And so the man went away heartbroken. And as the story goes, this... uh, this preacher got to keep the dog, but he lost all three of his sons. People know. People know us. But our families really know us. Are we the same person in public that we are in private? Are we different? God knows and He sees and He will judge our actions. To go to heaven, we must be active for the Lord. We have to do things for Him. In Luke 6 and verse 46, it says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? You know, you can call me Lord all day long, but you need to obey me. Do the things that I say. Matthew 7 and verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father who is in heaven. What God has seen us do in regard to our family's spiritual welfare, 
What has he seen? Are we all talk? Do we, we talk that good talk, but we don't walk the walk? What is it? Or are we working, striving, endeavoring to do the will of the Lord? What has God seen in thine house? Number two, what have thine children seen in thine house? You know, children are really quick to pick up on hypocrisy. Uh, that was one of the first things that I realized when I became a youth minister. Uh, I was working with this church, and I had never worked with youth before and in any form or fashion. And I realized really quickly that if there was any inconsistency, oh, they knew it. And they would quite frequently tell me of those inconsistencies within their own household. Children are quick to pick up on these things. You know, we may say that the church is the most important institution to us on the face of this planet. Yet, when we miss worship regularly, attend Bible class seldom, come late to worship services, and fail to study our Bibles, what are we telling our children? You know, what are we telling them? When we do these things consistently, what are we telling them? We're telling them it's really not that big of a deal. What have your children seen in your house? You know, children at a very early uh, point in their life learn what our priorities are. We must put God first. We need to do that. You know, Christianity, I've heard it said like this before, and I've adopted this principle, but Christianity is an all-or-nothing religion. You put everything you have into it, or you just don't even try. Don't even, don't even do it. Because it is all or nothing. Because if you feel like all you need to do is, is uh, come and, and fill, a, fill a seat, you know, it, it's just... Not going to end well. Christianity is all or nothing. Put God first or not at all. No, the home is the best place for priorities to be instilled in children. You know, I know in, in this day and age, there's a lot of people who want to send their kids off to, to school and to, you know, have their teachers teach them and whatnot. But, you know, uh, I know we have some teachers here. And you know what I've learned about teachers? Now, see, when I was growing up, I, I, I saw these teachers as the just portrayal of good and righteousness. That was what I saw them as. But as I got older, I realized some of these same people that I thought were all nice and innocent and sweet uh, were doing things that were so extraordinarily bad. 
outside of the workplace. Those are the people that we send our children to. We cannot look to them as the ones who are going to instill principles like these into our children. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want you to say, well, Matt said all teachers are horrible. What I have said is this. As a parent, whose job is it to teach your children about right and wrong? I'll give you a hint. It's not anybody that lives outside of that home. But brethren, for this to occur, parents must listen to the Lord. In Matthew 22 and verse 37 it says, And he said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. In Matthew 6 and verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. You need to seek it first. Seek first the kingdom of God. Our children must, absolutely must see us doing this. What do our children see in our house when, you know, they're not permitted to miss school, but are permitted to miss Bible study and worship? When... We make them do their homework, but never see to it that they have time for Bible study. Or this, do they see us studying the scriptures? What do our children see when considering these things? No, I'm. I'll tell you, I've got a very, very close person to me that they grew up in a home. You know, part of the Lord's church, mind you. And it started off that, you know, they they went to worship um, more often in the beginning of of this person's life. And then as time progressed and they got older, uh, sports got in the way. And so, of course, they, they did those things. Another thing that, that happened is that they had homework. And they let homework get in the way. And there were so many occasions where this person uh, that I hold dear to me would not ever step foot through a door because of the excuse that they had homework. You know, as a young person, I remember that. And I thought, I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I have no idea what they're going to do when they get older. You know, if I had half a brain at that point, I might have realized what was going to go on. Know where they're going now? Nowhere. 
because mom and dad showed that other things were more important. You know, uh, I've, I've also known of families that they said that they believed in God, but they never brought him up until someone was getting in trouble. That was when they brought God into the picture. Oh, God is very disappointed in you. You know what? When you use God as a punishment, your kids aren't going to want to serve them. It is important for us all to ask this question. No matter what the age of our children, what have our children seen in our house? Number three, what have others seen in thy house? You know, what do your friends and your neighbors uh, see in your house? Is there a difference between, you know, ours and theirs? You know, we talk about sanctification, right? being set apart for a holy purpose, but eh, is there anything really different between us? Are we really sanctified? How are we sanctified? How are we different from the world? In 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 18, it says, Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what fellowship have righteousness and iniquity, or what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what portion hath a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For we are a temple of the living God. Even as God said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come ye out from among them, and, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be to you a father. And ye shall be to me sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Brethren, are we different from the people around us? Are we different? Do we hold to a higher standard? In 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 2, it, it's a very telling passage of, of uh, the Corinthian church. It says, Ye... <coughs> Are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men? Brethren, our lives should be an open book. That's what this is saying. You are our epistle, known and read of all men. People know the Lord because of these people. Our lives are an open book. You know, people go, well, I don't like that too much. You know, I've heard people say, well, you, you know, as a, as a preacher, you live in a fishbowl. I've heard that quite often. Uh, I'm going to further that, okay? Uh, as a Christian, you live in a fishbowl. I know, I know people in this congregation may look at me in a different way. 
But you know what? I can guarantee you. People look at you that same way. Make sure life in a fishbowl is grand, okay? Do what's right. Be that example. What has the world seen in thine house? Last but not least, what should be seen in our house? It's huh? a good question. What should be seen in our house? Well, uh, there's a list of things. I'll name a few. A husband who is the head of the wife, Ephesians 5 and verse 23. Husbands who love their wives, Ephesians 5, 25 and Colossians 3, 19. Wives who are submissive to their husbands, Ephesians 5, 24. Wives who respect and love their husbands, Ephesians 5, 33. Children who are trained in the scriptures, Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Parents who discipline and spank their children. Yes, I said that. Proverbs 19 and verse 18, 22, 15, 23, 13 through 14, 29, 15, and 13, 24. Go ahead and listen to that backwards, all right? But you know what, brethren? Children need to be disciplined. If we do not discipline our children then we do not need to be surprised when our children come back and they have had problems with their teachers, when our children have had problems with law enforcement, when our children have had problems with anybody in civil society. We don't need to be shocked because we have a part in that. What else should be seen in our homes? Ephesians 6.1 Children who obey their parents. Children also who see their parents praying, studying, and being faithful to the word of God. Psalms 1, 1-3 What have they seen in thine house? What has God seen? What have your children seen? What have your neighbors seen? What has the world seen in your house? Brethren, maybe it is that these questions are not sufficient for us. Maybe this last one is more timely. Maybe this is even more important. What will they see in your house? I hope it's a righteous, loving family that wants to serve the Lord, wants to bring people to Christ, and yes, save the world one soul at a time. Maybe it is that you have not yet come to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and you know that you need to do that and you're ready to do that we want to help you out with that maybe it is that you have not yet been baptized into Christ and that's something that you need to do 1 Peter 3.21 maybe you need to repent of some sins that you've committed and because you're already a Christian but you, you have some times that you have 
uh, falling away or, or, or falling down, and we want to help you out with that. Maybe you just need some prayers. Whatever the case, if there's anybody here that needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing.